The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're in the midst of a series called Ambassadors of Light, and in this series, I've been bringing people on the show who are teaching powerful principles that help transform people's lives. Today, we have another special guest, the Reverend Ed Townley. How are you doing there, Reverend Ed Townley? Doing just fine, Galen. Great, great. Reverend Ed Townley is the spiritual leader of the Center for Spirit Expressing, and he's also the author of the book Kingdom Come, Understanding the Book of Revelation. So before we get into some of the questions about the book of Revelation, because uh, that's uh, partially the reason why I invited you on the show, because this book is so controversial and I think it's really important for people to get an idea of how this book is tackled in New Thought. But before we get into that, could you tell us a little bit about yourself so the audience, my audience, who might not um, be aware of some of your work can uh, get connected to you and get a feel of, of, of who you are as a minister and a person? Well, actually, Galen, this feels like a almost a double homecoming because uh, I want to shout out to all of my all of my friends at Christ Universal Temple. Uh, I had the unity ministry in Chicago for seven years and uh, pulled from the immense talent at the temple many, many different times and had the pleasure of going down there and visiting. So I have a lot of fond memories of Johnny, Reverend Johnny, and and of, of everybody at the temple. And this is a return to... Uh, Unity Online Radio. I, for a number of years, I um, led a program on Unity Online Radio on the Bible. Um, and beyond that, you know, I'm a Unity minister. I've served congregations in Oregon, Illinois, uh, Dallas, Texas, and and uh, Hartford, Connecticut. And now I'm based in Vernon, Connecticut, with a personal ministry called Spirit Expressing. I also speak regularly at a uh, at unity in the city in brookline which is part of boston massachusetts so i keep busy I'm, i call myself semi-retired because i'm not running a church but uh but i keep busy but that's good that's good so why did you write a book about the book of revelation well people always ask me that why would you spend that much time on on that book and it as it began out of a personal experience, I had the opportunity to travel 
to Greece and Turkey and to Patmos and to to visit the cave where tradition says uh, the revelation to John took place and was was written down. And the energy there was so powerful and so loving uh, and so affirming that I was startled by the fact that for so many people, the revelation to John is horrible and you know negative and dark and gloomy and depressive and judgmental. So I thought I have to I have to look deeper into this. And um, and the more I looked, the more I realized what a what a powerful positive statement the revelation makes. And I thought I you know I need to I need to be able to say this. I need to be able to let people know. Uh, that they're missing a lot. There are people who will stay away from the whole Bible because they're afraid of revelation. They just they just think it's full of horrible negative things. Uh, and it really just sort of sums up the whole positive, loving message of the New Testament, I think, um, in a very amazing way. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, we have a caller online. I, I just saw Jeff give me the signal. We have uh, Reverend Cindy Lippert on the line. I got some feedback here. I don't know what's going on here. Whoa. Yeah. Are we okay? Okay, we lost her. Okay. Well, she'll call back. I don't know what happened there, so excuse you. Uh, <laughs> anyone that's listening, hopefully that didn't uh, scare you. So, Again, getting into the information about the book of Revelation and from the metaphysical standpoint, why do you think it's important for the metaphysical interpretation of the Bible? And in particular, the book of Revelation is important. Well, there are certain touchstones that we use in metaphysical interpretation, and you can see them all on display in the Revelation to John. Uh, for example, the number seven. We recognize seven mm, stages of spiritual unfoldment in, in, in our lives that we're called to express. Um, what we see it in the seven days, the seven, the seven stages of creation. Um, we see it in John over and over and over again. Uh, the number 12. The, the recognition that this spiritual journey that brings us as spiritual beings into this human experience was never intended to be a cakewalk. You know, we, we came into it knowing that there would be, we would be creating resistance. We would be creating fear out of our, out of our, out of forgetting who we truly are and, and what our purpose is here. Uh, so it, it, as I said, it, I, to me, it sums up in a very tangible, practical way uh, the entire message of Jesus and the uh, and, and the and how it expressed as the early church began to unfold. Okay, thank you, thank you. Now, one of the things that I did notice, and I actually really appreciate, is how you added extra source material, modern scholarship some other uh, spiritual metaphysical practices to the unity Fillmorean theology. Can you talk a little bit about why you did that and why you, if you, if you think that's important for us to add to our faith tradition? Wow. <laughs> that's, I know it's a big question. I know. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree with you, Galen. I think that, I think that, both Fillmore's would be the first to say, if you're just clinging to what we discovered and came to how we came to see truth, then you're not doing the job. We should always be growing. We should always be expanding our understanding of truth. Truth doesn't change, but our ability to, to understand it, our ability to see our, how our role is in it is meant to unfold. All of that should be expanding as we learn and as we grow and as we share together and as we pray and meditate. Um, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, it's one of the things that I always push in uh, classes that I'm in and when I'm talking to other ministers and teachers, uh, we are not even dealing with the same level of student that we used to deal with. And I've been teaching now, not as long as you have, uh, I've been teaching for 19 years. And I can tell just from what I was 
you know, the student, the questions that were asked in class in 1996 or 1997 versus the questions that are being asked in class in 2015, they're, they're totally and radically different. People are, is, you know, right. Yeah. They have access to information because of the Internet. They have access to information because of Wayne Dyer on PBS. They have access to information because people are borrowing from New Thought and, and other metaphysical and Eastern traditions. So they're they're thinking a little bit differently and, you know, they are exposed to things like quantum physics now, whereas before, you know, Fillmore was talking about splitting the atom and we're about 90 years past that now. So, you know, these are some of the conversations we have to have. It looks like we have Reverend Lippert back on the call. Is she, is she on? Good morning. Good morning. How you doing there? Can, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Doing great. Doing great. 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 Do you have a question for? First of all, before you start, let me just let folks know the uh, Reverend Cindy Lippert is one of my spiritual moms. Uh, she adopted <laughs> me in 2008 when I was with her at a conference when I was uh uh, Reverend Dr. Mary Tumpkin, the late Reverend Dr. Mary Tumpkin, took me to a conference in California, and uh, I met Reverend Lippert, and we fell fast in love. She's like, you're going to be my son, and I said, okay, I, I can roll with that. <laughs> so so ever since then, I'm officially uh, her son. Uh, so I want to get that out of the way first, so it's good to hear your voice. It's always good to disclose these relationships, isn't it? I, Galen is Galen is absolutely uh, one of my very very favorites, and he is my spiritual son. I love him with all my heart and soul. Um, and I I heard that you were having Reverend Townley on this morning, and I just I couldn't uh, hardly wait. Uh, Revelation is one of my favorite subjects, and I will make this a question. I I promise. Reverend Ed, um, I was raised in a Baptist environment, and of course we had Revelation, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, but getting into New Thought years later, uh, it occurred to me one day, and this may or may not be so metaphysical, but it might be just interesting uh, to play with uh, for conversation. Uh, just as, just as an aside, uh, and I know Galen remembers this, uh, the great Mary Tumpkin and, uh, Sally Taylor, uh, put together a three-day revelation, and you all may have already talked about this, and that was, that was wonderful, and that was metaphysical. But what occurred to me one day, uh, if the Bible is really the story of us, which I believe it is, I believe every personality of us, you know, through 10,000 years of us that we know about, um, is depicted in the scriptures, could it be possible that uh, the Antichrist in Revelation is the, the perfect archetype of the sociopath what I would like to know your opinion about that well um, I, I it would depend on your definition of sociopath I think the Antichrist is ego mind I mean I, I, I think the the deepest truth of revelation comes as you just suggested when we take it inside when we realize that this is not about battles in the world necessarily although it could be but it's about what I go through within myself. It's about my own, my resistance, my, the fears that accumulate through, uh, through years of forgetting the spiritual truth. And those fears coalesce into a very powerful energy, which we call the Antichrist. Now it isn't, you know, it, it can't have its own reality because we affirm, uh, an omnipresent God. So there can't be something else. You know, there can't be a power opposite an omnipotent god that is somehow not god but if the antichrist is a, is a recognition that we have a very serious battle to undertake to waken ourselves from the fears that we've that we've immersed ourselves in does that make sense yeah thank you yes yeah so that revelation is just really a very practical guide when you look at it it's the first 11 chapters have nothing to do with a battle against between good and evil. They are about preparing oneself, you know, 
recognizing that you're going to need not just a spiritual awareness, but you're going to need to be physically present to all of this, too. You're going to need everything about you in order to accomplish this work. Uh, so 11 chapters of the 22 are devoted to just getting ready. And uh, and then it turns to how this battle is going to look and how it's going to feel. Um, but it, from beginning to end, there is no suggestion that John or or us, because John is us, that we have anything to really fear. I mean, there's there's no suggestion that the dark might overwhelm the light. There's just the awareness that there will be dark and we will have to use our light to overcome it. But no suggestion that won't happen. Just uh, so it's very reassuring. Yeah. I I think it I think it uh also uh is a cautionary tale in that we can uh get into bondage and you're right it's in the mind uh with this personality type uh ego however we want to name it uh and you see this and then when it could be addiction. Uh, when you realize that you're in too deep and the mask falls off and you realize what you've got, then it's too late. And that's when I think the, the real battle uh, begins within a person. You've got that realization. You've got that enlightenment. You know what you're dealing with. Uh, and now it's how am I going to extricate myself from this fear, we'll call it. Yes. Uh, is that kind of on track? I think it very much is. Um, I've often said that I think two of the stages of spiritual awakening we go through, one is addiction, and once we come through that, then there's uh, depression because we get a little overwhelmed by how far off we, we, we now feel from what we spiritually know to be true. What's important about the book, and I sort of illustrate this when I do workshops on it, is that John, the witness, is not in the, engaged in the battle. He's like halfway between heaven and earth, if you, if you would. He can look down and see the locusts. He can see the dragons. He can see, you know, all of the negative expressions. And then the choice is his and ours. Do we want to jump in and be overwhelmed by this negative energy? Or do we want to remain where we are, uh, see it, acknowledge it, and just allow it to dissolve, which is what happens to pretty much everything in the book of Revelation, ultimately. It just, it, it isn't conquered, it just, it just goes away when we stop believing it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, and I, uh, Galen, I don't know how much time you, you want me to take, but I could, uh, you've really triggered something, Ed. I, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll just go ahead and say it, and then Galen will chew me out later, maybe, or something. But, uh, anyway, I, um, uh, this past year, I went through a pretty dramatic weight loss, and, um, uh, how everybody says, well, what diet? And it, it really isn't about the diet. It's, it's really, for me, it's about coming to a realization, whether it's food or drugs or alcohol or whatever it is in the person's life that's, that's holding them hostage, so to speak, is that when you come to that realization that nothing changes until something changes, <laughs> that, that what, what you're doing is servicing and serving self-loathing. That's not living. And yeah. uh, we can call it dessert, and our culture uh, accepts that because it's nurture. It isn't nurture. It's, it's yeah. wearing the mask of, of something else. Yeah. And yeah. until we're able to look at whatever that is that's holding us, and keeping us from real life and keeping us from really living, then we're in bondage to it. Yeah, absolutely. Let me jump absolutely. in here just for a second uh, because we got to take our first uh, break in about five seconds. So let me Bye. put a pause on here for a second. And um, what, what I could do is we have a call up right after you, Cindy. If you need to call back, please do, because we want to be able to have discussion because 
this is what this is really about. So let's take our first quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Now and then, life is challenging. I may not welcome challenge itself, but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises, to grow in understanding, to flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're in the midst of the series Ambassadors of Light, and I have on the show as a guest the Reverend Ed Townley, and we have a caller on the line, the Reverend Robert Yarbrough. Are you there, Reverend Yarbrough? I am here, Reverend Ed. How are you? I am very well. In the beginning, you talked about this being, you know, the most loving book in the Bible, with some of the most dastardly stuff that people think actually being the wonderful things that, that that spirit that God has set up for us. Take, for example, the lake of fire. Fire being that which cleanses us, burns off the dross of materiality and 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 um and 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 the dross of materiality and those kinds of things available to us forever. The things that must come quickly, our recognition, our recognizing our oneness with God. And these types of things, and, 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 and the one thing I want to ask you is, how can we take some of these things like the 144,000, the 12 powers of man, spiritually completed at 12 times 12, sealed once in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, perfect, whole, and complete, no beginning, no end, represented by the zero. And this is who we are as the overcomers. How, how do you think we can take this message that's been hell and damnation, beat on the pulpit from day one, and, and, and actually show and get across to the people? 
how loving it actually is. Well, it's very difficult, isn't it? Because here's the thing. People, people who think they know the book of Revelation focus entirely on the, the, the central chapters that are recognizing that we are going to face a lot of resistance within ourselves yeah. as we commit ourselves to our spiritual yeah. truth. They yeah. ignore the fact that the final chapters of Revelation are about how inevitable and how joyful the result of all of this will be. So the message is, yes, you're going to go through hard times. Yes, you're going to be addicted. Yes, you're going to be depressed. Yes, you're going to feel yourself beset by locusts. And hang on. You know, one of my great teachers, Frank Judice, used to say the whole message of the Bible is hang on. God is coming. You know, yeah, well, we don't wait is. for God. We know that God is within us. So it's hang on. We're going to get there. We're going to dissolve these fears and we're going to be who we are. Well, well, it's like it lays out, you know, it lays out early on. I'm going to let you go because I know there's more people excited about this. But he who overcomes, I will get to eat from the tree of life. He who overcomes will be made a pillar. You know, I mean, this is fantastic, wonderful stuff. When you well, and look at that. to do the methodology and overcome whatever it is that got you. Right. And look at the beautiful bookends that it creates. Because the last time we heard of the tree of life was in Genesis when Adam and Eve were being escorted out of the garden and yeah. they were they were flaming swords around the tree of life and yeah. people take that as meaning that god is angry and punishing us i don't think that's it at all i think that's an expression of infinite love because if we eat of the truth of the tree of life too early in our process we will lock ourselves at that level of process so we are kept from the tree of life until we go through all of this and once we do there it is. Help yourself be the eternal being that you always were, but now you know you are. Well, God bless you, Reverend Ed. And by the way, the name of my ministry is Eating from the Tree of Life. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> God bless you, man. Thanks for being here. And I'm going to continue you to listen. <laughs> Thanks there, Please. Reverend Bobby. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. God bless. God yes, bless. Reverend. Yes, Reverend Ed, you know, I think these, these are the things that are, are, are really necessary to get across, that when people are dealing with the Near Eastern symbolism, that they're not necessarily reading about um, uh, uh, literal things. You know, even people who take the Bible literally have to realize that it's figurative speech. You know, one of the things that... Um, the you know the Dr. Rocco Erico, which I'm sure you're familiar with, he talks a lot about idiomatic speech. That the Book of Revelation is full of idiomatic speech. He's saying one thing, but they're really creating, for lack of terms, word pictures because they didn't make images. They used language to explain instead of saying omnipotence. They'll say you know heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. So yeah. it's so much symbolism in the yeah. Book of Revelation that is actually from the Hebrew scriptures are what the Bible, uh, or as Christians call the Old Testament. Can you speak a little bit about the the symbolism from the Old Testament that is used in the New Testament that we know, I mean, excuse me, in the book of Revelation that we don't always clearly see? Well, sure. Um, the entire imagery, the, Re the Revelation begins with an awakening. You know, something has to grab your attention. And, and there's there's the image of the Christ before him. And then the seven letters to the seven churches, which is a book in itself. When we get to the throne room of God, every image there is from the Hebrew scriptures. It's from Daniel. It's from Isaiah. It's from Ezekiel. You know, because that would be a familiar image to the people that this writer was trying to reach you know they would understand what that meant that there would be a th that god as king would sit on the throne that was an image they could comprehend so so there's the image we can work with that um the, the, the revelation constantly assumes that its readers know hebrew scripture and will get references it's important to remember that this was created at a time and most people think in the late first century, not like year 95 or so, when the persecution of, of Christians was at its peak. 
So you had to be very careful what you wrote and disseminated. Um, that's why so much symbolism is hidden from us because we don't understand it. But right. they would understand. I mean, we don't we don't necessarily understand the 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 lion as the as the the Roman Empire. But the people reading it then would understand it. You know, you right. can't come out and attack the Roman Empire. You won't you won't live very long. But right. if you put it in the form of a parable of a, of an image that they're familiar with and show them a different perspective on it, um, then you're communicating very effectively. But but below the surface, you know, you have to go below the surface instead of being literal about the words. You have to say, what is this? What was this saying then? And how does this relate to me now? Right, right. Now, I did have a question about Fillmore's concept of regeneration and the book of Revelation. Now, let me give you a little context before um, I ask the question. And um, uh, a, a unity minister is having some wonderful conversations around Fillmore's concept of regeneration. Uh, J. Douglas Bortorf, I think that's his, how you pronounce yeah. his last name, and basically saying, you know, is this a concept that we as Fillmorean teachers should still be presenting, which for those aren't familiar, you know, Fillmore, well, both of them, but Charles in particular, believe so strongly in the regenerative process that he believed that you could, you know, physically immortalize the body and just, you know, think it away and materialize it when you want and all of it, you know, the things that are attributed literally to the post-resurrection Jesus. So uh, in the context of Fillmore's concept of regeneration, um, how do you see the book of Revelation metaphysically interpreted? Well, <clears throat> a couple of things. First of all, I don't consider myself necessarily a Fillmorean teacher. I consider okay. myself a truth teacher. Yeah. And I think that Charles Fillmore and Myrtle Fillmore are the most, are, are incredibly valuable in helping me and always have been, always will be, as was, as are the teachings of Jesus, as are the teachings of other spiritual leaders. My focus is on the universal spiritual principles that are true because they're true, that, that are true no matter how you look at them or from what perspective you see them. Nobody right. owns them. Nobody right. invented them. They're true. You know, right. They're simply true principles. Now, regeneration, of course, was a very controversial uh, theme through Charles Fillmore's final years. Um, I absolutely I absolutely know, I absolutely understand what he's saying, that nothing has control over us. We, when we are fully expressing our spiritual self, we have, we could absolutely um, make our body disappear or bring it back together. Um, that's not necessarily a, a positive thing or, or a necessary thing. What's important is the power. What's important is we recognize that nothing has power over us, including what seems to be a very solid physical body. Mm -hmm. uh, however, it seems to me when you read any of the Gospels, it's very clear, it, implicit, but very clear that the post-resurrection Jesus has a very hard time keeping it together. You know, it's not easy once you freed yourself and, be, and returned to the realm of spirit. It's not easy to bring yourself back into a recognizable form and, and, and try to live within limits that you've already moved beyond. You know, it's interesting that nobody recognizes Jesus when they first see him. You know, nobody right. recognizes him until they hear him, until they see him sharing the, the message. Um, because it was, it's very difficult and very frustrating, I would think, to try to come back to human form after you have uh, exp expressed yourself as spirit, after you have dissolved and moved into spirit. So, yeah, I think I think regeneration is absolutely possible. I think it's. A, I, I don't think it's something that has never happened. I think there are, there are undoubtedly instances of it, but. Uh, but it's not necessary. I think we're here to make maximum spiritual use of this human experience and then to release ourselves from it so that we can move on and continue the journey and continue our spiritual process elsewhere. 
um, because I don't think that's a process that's ever going to end as far as I know anyway. <laughs> Nobody has told me it's going to end anyway. So I don't know All if right. that answers your question, but I hope it does because I think it's important. Um, can resur- is, is regeneration possible? Absolutely. Um, is resurrection possible? Absolutely. Is it something we should be aiming for? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We should be aiming for expressing and embracing the power of, of our own divinity uh, from which those things and all things become possible. Right, right. So, yeah, and the reason why I brought the question up is because that's a conversation that's that's happening amongst people who study what is considered unity metaphysics. And mm-hmm. I think that it's, 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 it's a good conversation to have because what it does, for me at least, is make me go back and look at, as you stated, what are the fundamental spiritual principles that have been passed down through the ages and taught and demonstrated by Jesus and others? But it didn't start with Jesus, nor did it end with Jesus. It didn't start or end with Fillmore or Goldsmith or Emmett Fox or Ernest Holmes or Emma Curtis Hopkins or Mary Baker Eddy or Phineas P. Quimby. We use these people as lights on the way, but they're not the way. That's right. I think think it's really what, what, what one of the terms that I've been using with people recently, or at least with peers, not so much as students, is that I don't believe in being a fundamentalist of anybody. Absolutely. That's absolutely true because, yes, these, I mean, Jesus was an incredibly bright light. His teachings are unbelievably valuable. And we are not to sit within the, that light and, and be in awe of the light. We're to use the light to move forward on the path. You know, Jesus right. would be the first to say, why are you sitting here? You know, you're, I, I wanted you to continue your spiritual work. I wanted to show you the possibilities, not so you could sit and worship me, but so that you could find those same possibilities within yourself. Same with the Fillmore's. You know, if we if we dis, if we fundamentally and there are unity fundamentalists, I know that. But it seems to me that if we say if Fillmore didn't write it, I don't believe it. We don't teach it is to limit ourselves to, you know, to write off the last almost century and say we've never, we're, we've never grown spiritually since then. We have no new discoveries since then. It, it makes no sense to me. We're here to expand our awareness, to expand our expression, to dissolve the illusion of duality, and that requires that we keep moving forward. And our, those bright lights that have been our teachers would be the first to say, Get out of the light, step into the shadows, because that's what you're here to do. Yes, yes. Matter of fact, I can remember when I first started um, in New Thought, studying and became a serious student, a, a, a minister of another, who's now a minister of another church, uh, Reverend Joe Hill, who's a, a head of the Power Circle congregation. He, he told me to read a couple of books that were, I would say, beyond my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know and those books. <laughs> yeah. And I remember telling him, I need to put these down until I can get a better understanding of the fundamentals. Right. Because I, I couldn't grasp what I considered people teaching different things. So I was, you know, you know, listening to Reverend Coleman and listening to the, the, the teachers I had at CUT. And at the same time, you know, I'm reading, for instance, you know, Ernest Holmes and Fillmore talking about the power of thought. Then I pick up a Goldsmith book and he says, thought is not power. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Which one is true? And, you know, uh-huh. then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's all- you know, you know what I'm saying? So you start wrestling with subjects because you're like, wait a minute here. Then you pick up a, a book by Neville and he's using totally different terminology, trying to say the same thing. Right. But then, you know, but, but I use this analogy before we go to the break. Um, because one of the things you don't know, I'm I'm also a, a martial artist. I'm really big into kung fu and qigong and stuff like that. I'm a big Bruce Lee fan, and uh, Bruce Lee made a statement that I think speaks to the metaphysician. He 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 said, when I first started studying martial arts, I thought a punch was just a punch and a kick was just a kick. Then I learned martial arts, and then I discovered that a punch just wasn't a punch, and a kick just wasn't a kick. Now that I've mastered martial arts, I've discovered that a punch is just a punch and a kick is just a kick. And it's saying the same thing 
It's the same motion, but from your perspective, it's different. And it, yes, and, from perspective, but ultimately, in truth, it's all energy. In truth, it's yeah. all spirit. I think that's right. what he, he meant. Yeah. You know. Yes, yes, yes. But it, but you have to grow to get to that place. You just yes. don't show up there. It's a space that you evolve. So as you do your own inner work, your own prayer work, your own meditation, your own study, your own contemplation and reflection. The revelation, as you can handle it, which is what also what the book of Revelation is stating, and you wrote so beautifully about in Kingdom Come, uh, will show up, but only to the level that you can handle it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, we're, we're coming up on our last break, so let's take the last break, and if we have any other callers, please make sure that you give us a call at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. We're going to take our last break with Truth Transforms. You ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time. Right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. been listening to truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell if you have questions or comments about today's program or if you'd like to join in on the discussion email us at truth transforms at unity.fm now back to truth transforms welcome back to truth transforms again this is our series titled ambassadors of light and i have the reverend ed townley on before we get back to questions i do want to let you all know that if you go to unity.org and you click on Bible interpretation, they'll have uh, something called Interpret This with Reverend Ed. You can send your Bible scriptures in to Reverend Ed Townley, whatever it is, from Genesis to the book of Revelation, and he will give an explanation, uh, some literal and metaphysical interpretation of your scripture. So, again, across the board, uh, if you go to unity.org and you click on resources and then go to interpret this and you'll be able to access the website. And it, and he also has different um, scriptures that he's all already worked with. And this goes on and on for pages. So this is a, a great work in and of itself. Also want to let you know that the book Kingdom Come was published by Unity. You can go to uh, unitybooks.org and, and purchase the book. Kingdom Come is only fifteen ninety five. I would strongly suggest that you get it as a part of your library. If you're a New Thought student, I think you should have it without a shadow of a doubt. 
And if you're a person who is listening to the show and you might not be a new thought person, you might be from another faith tradition. This will give you an opportunity to see how uh, scripture can be interpreted metaphysically and allegorically and and hopefully give some practical lessons that you can help uh, with your own soul growth and help your people if you're a minister or religious teacher. So make sure that you add this book to your library. Also, I want to also remind you yet again that Reverend Ed has a ministry uh, center for spiritual. Sin- I, I just butchered it, Reverend Ed. So I apologize. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, the Center for Spirit Expressing. He's the spiritual leader, which is a personal ministry. You can look that up online as well and stay in contact with Reverend Ed. Reverend Ed, I want to ask you uh, about the term that we use in New Thought called chemicalization as it applies to the book of Revelation. Uh, could you give some insight into that, please? Uh, yeah, sure. Chemicalization is a term that uh, that Emily Cady, the author of Lessons in Truth, used to explain the phenomenon that as we grow in spiritual awareness, we very often find more resistance rather than less. Um, and she said that, that there is a there is a reaction when you you know the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. And the more light we bring, the more shadow we can expect. Now, as you know, Unity was not comfortable with that for a long time. They took that chapter out of the book for right. 50 or so years. They've now restored it. Uh, and I think chemicalization is exactly what the central chapters of the book of Revelation are about. They're saying these locusts will appear. These beasts will be there. You know, they they may represent one thing to people back then, they, to, to us today, they're the beasts of addiction, the beasts of depression, of anxiety, of sometimes when we discover the spiritual truth of who we are, we get really depressed because we're not doing it, we're not being it, instead of realizing, as, as I think Dr. Katie tried to say, that we need to recognize that experiencing the shadows is a part of the process of expanding the light and dissolving the resistance. We can't dissolve the resistance if we're afraid to look at it. You know, we can't cling to the light and say, you know, I don't want to deal with any more shadows. They are not there. They're an illusion. Well, yes, they're an illusion, but they're an illusion we're here to work with. Right, right, right. And I I think that the term is really necessary because, it's not something that is often emphasized, uh, in my opinion, enough in new thought. It's sort of like uh, when people see or hear presenters and the message in and of itself is so positive and it should be. But it's positive in the sense that we teach an absolute good God. We're not saying that your soul will not work through its own stuff. And, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I try to get across to people when, you know, when we're talking about terms like chemicalization is this is a part where you have to literally deal with the concepts, beliefs, ideologies, uh, memories, you know, quote unquote, the past that's not only affecting your present, but you're projecting into your future. So if, it, you know, it's sort of like driving in a car and you're going down the highway and you're only looking in the rearview mirror until you're willing to really get present. And I think um, one of the greatest teachers, current teachers of what it means to be present and deal with your soul stuff is Eckhart Tolle. Uh, Really allows you to, once you get present, you can shine a light on the things that you need to shine on, transmute it, transform it, as she talks about in the chemicalization chapter. And then you can use that energy to propel you going forward instead of allowing it to keep you stuck, quote unquote, in the mud. So you can turn that breakdown into a blessing. Absolutely. In fact, in fact, you have to. Um, the the greatest obstacle I think that we face once we once we begin to be aware of truth, once we begin to be aware of our own spirit, is to assume that anything negative that happens is is because we're not expressing ourselves properly, that we're not doing it right. That if we were doing it right, you know, our our lives would be would be unending bliss. Our lives were unending bliss when we were in spirit. We're here to go through these illusions of duality and 
when we experience them, it's not because we're doing something wrong. It's because we're doing something. We're right. moving forward spiritually. So we need to see these as blessings, not as uh, judgments against us. Right. And we, you know, we are so eager to negatively judge ourselves. Right, right. And, and, and it's so easy to blame ourselves when something is going on without realizing that uh, context is absolute in the sense that the way we see life will always show up as consistent action. We don't do things that are inconsistent with how we see life. And, you know, this is one of the things that, you know, when I use the term the kingdom of God in my mind, you know, you know, I use the metaphysical jargon. But in my mind, I'm thinking Jesus was teaching a new paradigm. He was teaching a new context because out of this paradigm of seeing from God, seeing from love, seeing from power, you deal with life differently. Yes. Life is still there. It's still there and it's still to be dealt with. You know, I met a woman once in a supermarket when I had uh, the ministry in Oregon and she was a congregant um, and she said, I'm so sorry I haven't been to church. But I've been going through so much in my life that I haven't felt like I could be there in that and, and, could, and to, in that positive energy, you know. And she was saying, "I think you have to be all all light and cheerfulness in order to come to unity." And I said, "Where did you ever get that idea? I mean, what where what better place to go to than a, than an affirmation of the truth when you're dealing with the." The, the scariness of some of the illusions, you know, right. we, we, we have to be very careful that we don't, that we don't become as fundamentalist as the fundamentalists that right. we don't say, you know, if you're doing it right, your life will be bliss. And if your life isn't bliss, you're doing it wrong. That's not so much different from saying, if you're doing it right, God will love you. And if you're doing it wrong, God must be angry with you. Yeah. I mean, it's rec- We must recognize the process and the sacredness of that, of that process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We only have a few minutes left. I want to make sure that people know how to get in contact with you if they want. What's the best way for people to contact you outside of the Reverend Ed? And uh, should they go to your website or? Yes. Uh, Spirit, SpiritExpressing.org is the website. Um, and there I post random messages there as well as information on what's going on here in Connecticut. Um, and you, you know, you can sign up to to receive our material there. So that's the best place to go uh, to be in touch. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. And, and again, you know, I wanted to make sure, as I stated before, we're going to have to, you know, have you back, and we can maybe get into some key points in the book. I know, by the way, for the listeners, you can actually go and look up Kingdom Come and type in. Um, uh, Reverend Ed Townley, and it'll pop up. He actually did a series with, I believe, with Ellen Davenport yes. on 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 the book. So, if you want to get into some of the details of the material, you can do so. Uh, you can read the book, and then you can actually hear from the author the intent of how he wrote it, why he said what he wrote, what he wrote, and maybe get some greater clarity. And then maybe look at some other ways. You can study the book. Um, one of the books that um, this book made me do is pull out a book that I can't remember the name of the author, but it was the title is The History of the End of the World. <laughs> and this author talks about how the book of Revelation actually has helped shape Western society. Absolutely. He's not a fundamentalist. But when people realize that the people that are voting for laws, and this is not a political statement, but if you don't believe that, if you believe the world, is, Jesus is about to come and blow the world back up, why you, why, why support, um, you know, um, things like green energy, solar yes. energy? Why support, um, you know, uh, reducing greenhouse and emissions? Why support recycling? Because you think Jesus is about to come and smack the world down. These right. are things that we are voting into. Uh, uh, our Congress and our mayors and our governors and whatever these are, people have these fundamentalist beliefs. It shapes yes. literally our law. It does, and I mean there are so many people who in in various positions who believe that there has to be war between Israel and Iran because that's what will precipitate the you know the second coming. It's dangerous stuff to. Right get you know to get really rabid about this to get very literal about it 
to believe. And then, and then of course, they're interpreting it because it, there's nothing in the revelation about Israel and Iran. So they are adding their own interpretation to what the book says. And you have to be careful when you're doing that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So it has been a- an absolute pleasure uh, we're running up on the last little bit of time. So I do want to remind the listeners that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So you have freely received, please freely give. If you're listening to this as a podcast later, you can go on to uh, unity.fm and click on the donate button to help support this online ministry that can help literally pass this positive, inspirational message around the world. We're the difference that the world is waiting for. So let's be that difference. Thank you, Reverend Ed, for all that you do. I'll be in contact. We need to do this again, and we need to do it soon. So what God a great bless pleasure you. this has been, Galen. Blessings on, on the work that you're doing. I, I, I couldn't be happier. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back with you next week with Truth Transforms, and I'll have uh, Terry McBride, the author and uh, teacher of spiritual healing and new thought. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you, but God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find.
I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.